May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but the U.S. is in the midst of a mental health crisis. In 2017 alone, 47,000 Americans died by suicide, 70,000 died from drug overdoses, and 17.3 million people suffered from depression. More than a decade ago, the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equity Act was passed, requiring insurers to provide comparable coverage for mental health and medical treatments. But insurers are missing the mark, denying claims, limiting coverage, and finding other ways to skate around the law. Today, I'm talking to Bloomberg senior health reporter, Cynthia Coons. Cynthia, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about what's going on with insurance coverage for mental health treatment in the U.S. So one of the things we started looking into when we noticed trends around overdoses increasing and suicide increasing over the last decade was what was going on from the perspective of the insurance community. And we started to learn more and more about this law called the Parity Law. And it was brought, it was signed into law 10 years ago, and it was designed to make insurance coverage for mental health equivalent to medical and surgical care. So if you go in, the amount of coverage you might get for a medical diagnosis, that coverage should be equivalent on the mental health side. And so in principle, that sounds great. But the reality has been in the last 10 years that insurers haven't necessarily followed it. And lawsuits sort of lay out exactly how they do this. And some of the issues around this are what are known as ghost networks in which someone might go onto the in-network list on their plan and call 25 providers and nobody's taking new patients or several of these providers don't take insurance. And when you bring this up in almost any setting, people relate to it because it's such a common experience that everyone's kind of gotten used to it. But it's actually probably illegal. And so that was sort of the the starting point for the reporting. And as we delved into it, we just learned more and more about ways that insurers were subtly sidestepping their responsibility to provide adequate and sufficient mental health care on on the chronic basis. And so why is this happening? Why are insurance companies denying claims and limiting coverage? Are there other issues that are coming up? You know, what benefit does it have for them? Obviously, it's not great for the person who's seeking treatment, but what does that look like? So the insurers themselves would say that the reason this is happening is because the actual care community is not very large. They have a hard time verifying that providers are qualified. When I say providers in that case, there are a lot of interpretive sort of types of rehabs that might not necessarily meet their standards. And so it's a little bit lumpy in terms of what's available for people for care in some of the rehab and sort of long-term residential care arena. That area is a little bit murkier and that's been problematic for insurers. So they say there isn't necessarily this clear-cut world and universe of people they can turn to and cover and sort of reimburse to provide care. That's the perspective that many insurers have taken. And I don't necessarily think that that's unfair. But I definitely also, on the other hand, have heard a lot of stories of of providers who said, oh, they've wanted to take insurance, but they get rejected because the insurer says, oh, we have enough providers in our network. And I don't know if that's the same story for cardiologists. I haven't explored that, but certainly speaks to this idea that the insurer is not necessarily working quite as hard to like revamp and revitalize their network to keep it sufficient for all the demand that exists. And the end result of this is that people go out of network for care and they pay a lot more money. And most people in the situation that are, if they're not in a crisis, wouldn't necessarily do it. I think a lot of people are deterred from doing it. So that's the, that's the, the sad part of the story. Um, Insurers have gotten very good at crisis care, from what I understand. It sounds to me when I've talked to people who've had suicidal crises or um, overdose type 
crises, the insurers do a very good job on the sort of the crisis at hand. It's the sustained chronic care that goes along with these conditions that from what I've heard from stories that they might be coming up short. So how can this murkiness and these blurred lines of what qualifies and what doesn't, how can that kind of be clarified in a way where insurance companies would be able to start accepting patients in those ways for that treatment? Well, it tends to be that with issues like this, you need a little bit of political pressure. And Patrick Kennedy was the congressperson who pushed this law through in 2008. And he's been working on a lot of advocacy efforts since then. And so a lot of this also comes down to the stigma around mental health. I think as the stigma starts to get dismantled, more and more people speak out, more and more people feel comfortable saying that this is not sufficient and we need to deal with it. But a lot of these mental health issues have been shrouded in secrecy, partly because people don't want to address their own issues in public. It's been seen as a negative on the person who's suffering from a biological condition. It's really a problem. So in that sense, I think there, the advocacy and the political pressure and changes maybe to the law to clarify who's ultimately responsible, because another issue here specific to insurance is that there are several different regulators that might be responsible depending on what type of insurance you're talking about. So you can't point the finger at one agency and say they're not doing their job. There's many different agencies involved who could be actually getting, getting involved here if they maybe had enough feedback or information about what's going on here. Right. And so it's super common to think that a provider is going to take your insurance and show up and find out that they don't and that they actually only take out of network, but will take out of network for your insurance plan, which ends up being you know, more expensive than it would be in the first place, of course, because instead of a copay, you're paying for the full visit. So is that legal? And why is that still happening? And how can that be prevented? So some states are actually working really hard to fix the situation. Maryland has a law. And I believe the law is that if you can't, if the insurance provider can't provide someone within 10 miles of the person in a reasonably urban enough area, they have to cover at in-network rates, the out-of-network provider. Unfortunately, though, uh, the provider can still bill the patient for the difference. So if the insurer skimps on reimbursement, in this one case in our story, this woman ended up with a $92 per session bill, which is frankly too much than a lot of more than most people can afford. So the the adequacy around networks, I think it's going to come down to um, maybe stricter regulation. Some states, I think, do more. Um, some state insurance regulators may do more in this regard in terms of like holding uh, insurers to a higher standard. But this is really tough stuff to regulate against. And it's going to take a big concerted effort and a lot of states putting forth more resources, to be frank, to to actually catch these violations as they come. And is there a geographic pattern or trend that applies to this? Are there certain areas where you're seeing this more than other areas? Not that we've detected. And that was actually quite surprising. So um, New York brought a big case as well of violations to this parity law in New York. At least when you think of the city, you think, oh, there must be sufficient care. There are so many providers. But when I've talked to providers in New York City specifically, they've said the reimbursement is too low for the rent they have to pay. So they can't take insurance. So it explains why there's lots of psychiatrists, but they're all out of network. It's not surely because they want to make more money. It's literally because the economics of the reimbursement from the insurers are unsustainable. So that uh, we've really just seen this all across the country. There were big. There was a big case in California against Kaiser. Uh, I, I really couldn't say there's one area I've seen it more than, than anywhere else. I just think some states are doing a, a better job, more proactive job of saying, okay, this law exists, let's strengthen it so that people don't suffer in our state. 
And is this happening in other countries? Well, other countries are hard to measure, so I didn't do that direct analysis. But because so many other countries have um, centralized medical systems where they may face these issues from, uh, they might still face issues with having to get referrals and wait times and so on and so forth. But there isn't this bifurcation of who the ultimate payer is. So I, I couldn't speak to that specifically, but it is sort of an American specific problem in that we have an insurance industry that has all different sort of forms. If you're an individual getting it from the marketplace, if you're corporate employee with a big corporate self-insured plan, if you're on VA insurance, there's just so many different ways that you could be getting your health insurance in the U.S. So I think this is somewhat specific to our country. And how does this issue affect the stigma and conversation about mental health? Well, I have to say, even just putting a story like this out there, I think sort of pushes the conversation further. It just seemed from the little bit of feedback I've gotten so far that this is such a universal experience. Um, so many people have dealt with this and sort of took it to be their individual frustration. And I've heard of groups of people that have even contacted each other now, passing the story around saying, oh, wait, you too? And all these people having the similar experience. So I think as we start to address these issues, as, we, as people feel more comfortable speaking up and saying, hey, I'm depressed, but I've had a really hard time finding a provider. What are you going to do about that? Companies will have to look into this because to, in a lot of cases, companies actually are somewhat responsible for the plan that they administer. If, if, if they're a self-insured company and they have their own plan, then they have to make sure that that plan is adequate. So employees have to feel comfortable addressing companies. And I personally think a lot of these companies would want to know that this was the case because they're paying a lot of money for these health insurance plans. And these are services that would keep their employees em employed. And so I think as corporate America starts to come to grips with, hey, we're paying all this money for health care, but our employees can't get it, that is going to be another way that this is dealt with. So what are we looking at in terms of progress? What's next? Is there any hope for this disappearing a little bit more? And are companies moving towards covering mental health treatment more than they used to? Or has it been sort of stagnant? I don't, I think things are changing, partly because, so United Behavioral Health was named in this very large lawsuit that in California they just lost and they said they've already changed their practices because one of the things they were accused of was not following like the standard addiction guidelines and um, protocol for administering or reimbursing care and they've said they've changed their standards so that's really important because it speaks to a changing of you know the way things are administered within a given plan and United is a huge uh, health insurer. Kaiser was fined for this in California. Um, so likely similar work is being done there to adequately um, make sure the network adequately reflects what people need or is representative or adequate for people's needs. So I think there are examples. There have definitely been cases and examples that have been brought to light that might change practice. I think how far we are in progress is it's a tough question to answer because a lot of companies when you bring up the topic of mental health point to their employee assistance programs right. and those are different they're good in that sometimes they can help link people up within network providers but they're also offering different services to sort of treat the whole person in lots of arenas and that's great but I think companies have to be careful not to rely on EAP to make up for shortcomings in the plan so the EAP program, the employee assistant program, is, is only as good as its ability, I think, to find help find that in-network care for people so that 
the plan is ultimately held accountable. So I think this will play out and will go in a positive direction, but it's certainly going to require um, some political momentum. Definitely. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. If you or someone you know is having suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And now turning to other news from today. Investigators say at least 177 male students were sexually abused by an Ohio State team doctor who died in 2005. The claims span from 1979 to 1997 and involve athletes from at least 16 sports. Taiwan passed a gay marriage bill becoming the first place in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage. Here's some sound from the moment the crowd heard the final count for the bill. (laughs) Internet celebrity Grumpy Cat, also known as Tartar Sauce, has died at age seven. She first rose to fame six years ago after a viral Reddit post. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And if you like listening to us, please head over to iTunes and write a review to let us know what you think. I'm Alexis Benvenisti. You can follow me on Twitter at APBenven. And you can get all of your latest TikTok updates 24-7 on Twitter.